So people have been going out, getting their their booster jabs recently uh, because of this uh, virus. But actually, um, the Dhamma talks are like booster jabs. <laughs> you should take them every, at least once a week because <laughs> there's a terrible pandemic virus called ignorance. Uh, that uh, we're all struck with and uh, afflicted by and causes a huge amount of problems. <laughs> Sickness, craziness, imbalance, aversion, fear, guilt, upset, dissent. The world is kind of sickened by this ignorance. <laughs> yeah. Ignorance, avidya, vidya. It's interesting. This uh, simple word, kavidya, clarity, can be expressed as clarity. It's also related to the word vidana, vidya, vidana, feeling. So it's like you're not in touch with something. You're out of touch. You're out of sync. You're not in contact. You haven't got the right message. <laughs> things have things have gone out of alignment. So it's not intellectual information we need, but an adjustment. Adjustment like oop, got out. Yeah. Until you, uh, yeah. mm. so things feel settled and comfortable, and it's spinning. Craziness of ignorance. Mm. And the result is they call touching the deathless. Touching the deathless. Pusati. Interesting. Touching the deathless one sees. So there's two kind of ways of knowing. One is direct touching it, feeling it. And then having felt it, you begin to Ah, that's that. Then you get it as ideas, as a realization. But first of all, you touch it. Touch it means you get a sense of release. Something stops being spinning, stops sinking, stops flaring up, stops retracting, stops banging around, stops proliferating, stops, releases. Oh, and then something that isn't changing. No, doesn't carry the signs of beginning and ending in it. Doesn't begin, doesn't end. Hasn't got that quality of turbulence. And, mm, can't really call it a rising or passing. Yeah, so how do we get a feel for that? Mm. Mm. So very... tangible references because what we're recognizing is this very complex world that consciousness presents in its six different folds different channels all emanate from the fundamentally 
the same nervous system that's stimulated. And it's not the uh, nervous system to do with action that's part of it, but it's a nervous system just to do with sensing and and feeling. Feeling intact, feeling tense, feeling balanced, feeling imbalanced, feeling relaxed, feeling on edge. You know, these are not decisions, these are autonomous reflexes. Feeling contracted, feeling driven, feeling overwhelmed. They're powerful experiences, all right. Say, absolutely foundational experiences because based upon that feeling of closed, overwhelmed, tense, then all the mental, emotional proliferation starts occurring. And then the I am starts occurring. And then the world starts occurring. I am in here, there, out there. That starts occurring. (laughs) You know, I am in here. And the things are happening to me in here. There's a world out there. It's doing it to me. Yeah. This is fundamental ignorance. So established that very people even question it. Till so you say, well, who's in here? Well, what do you mean in here? In, in what? <laughs> yeah. So, we, you know, we start to just explore or acknowledge that that fundamental experience. What's in what does in here mean? In what? What are you in? So you're in or you seem to be the subject of a whole display of consciousness, sights, sounds, touches, feelings. You are the one who's touched, the one who sees, the one who hears. You are the one on the end of it. And this is what consciousness does. It generates a subject and an object. But when you try to find out what that subject is, uh, mostly it's an idea. Because the one who sees is not the same as the one who tastes. When you taste something, it's like an explosion inside you. Isn't it? When you see something, it's in front of you. When you hear something, it's around you. When you smell something, it gets into you. Right? Who's that? They're different. The self is created through the particular manifestation of consciousness. Yeah. And you see the way they're lined up. Yeah. Seeing. It's the most abstract. We can really feel ourselves as different. It's right in front of me. Because I don't feel it. No feeling with that. I can look at something. Yeah. It doesn't have to look at me. It's not intimate at all. It's very abstract. So I like that one. It makes me feel safe. I look at things from a distance. How's that? Check it out. Keeps things. You can see things at a distance. And it gradually gets a bit closer. Hearing. That's all around me. 
I'm in the middle of it. Still, there's a little bit of space. Tasting. Suddenly it's inside. Smelling, it's inside. You've got to spit it out. (laughs) Gets up my nose. You know, use that expression. means it really bothers me. It really gets into me. It gets up my nose. It's just invading. And they're getting more and more intimate. Touching, very intimate. You can't touch something without it touching you. Suddenly the boundaries disappear. And they, you know. I mean, it's the most reactive experience. So, no separation. Seeing something, very separate. Touching something, not separate. Absolutely. If I touch it, it touches me. So I generally look at things first of all, and then before I touch it. So who's that? Different different location, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Who is the one who's touched? Where's they where do they live? Under your skin? And then of course your thinking mind creates the one who thinks because that's uh, keeps everything distant it's just an idea think it, think that so that's the most favourite form of consciousness thinking consciousness because then I can plan things that don't exist I'm, you know, I can imagine I can fantasise, I can organise I'm in control I'm in control I can decide what I'm going to do in the future I can name what she's like I can give you an idea about that. Nothing's coming towards me. I'm safe here. I'm in the cockpit looking out. Really like that one. I can control everything. Except I can't control the thinker. Because <laughs> you're completely immersed in it. And there's no separation at all. You know. You don't you know, the thinker is totally overwhelmed in the thought process and unable to control it because of course there isn't a thinker if it was a thinker they could say I will stop thinking but the thinker can't stop thinking because the thinker is a result of thinking and just why, why is there so much thinking because of a reflex to get things controlled, get things organised, get things sorted out, get things clear, so I will be safe, organised, so forth, approved of, liked, you know, winning, successful, all these kind of goodies will be available to the thinker. Of course, the thinker just gets stressed out. And <laughs> because... Yeah, they can organise, you know, a bus ride on Thursday, but they can't organise their state of health. They can't organise their anxiety. They can't control their their rage or their grief or their fear. In fact, they can't do the most important thing in the world, (laughs) which is to find peace of mind and harmony. I think you can't do that. So it's important to recognise the relief of it is there isn't a thinker. There's just thinking. And this reflex, compulsive reflex, 
to have, to become, to be solid, to continue, to get it right. I've got to get it right, then I'll be okay. I do the right thing, I'll be okay. That reflex, this is becoming. It's an energy, it's a reflex to make things steady, permanent, secure, lasting, organized, well, comfortable, powerful reflex. I will then be safe. I will be comfortable. Yeah. And so we go into it. Reflex kicks in. Ignorance says, go with it. Go with it. Yeah, you know, you line a few things up, tidy things up, but you can't switch off the becoming. It wants more and more and more and this. Did I do it right? What about the next thing? Am I good enough? What will I become? Should I do this? Should I do that? What would happen if I was this? This current vortex-like. And this is the nature of these compulsive reflexes. The energetic nature of them is they're like turbulences. Like a stream that starts off trickling and gradually it builds up volume. It turns into a whirlpool. And eventually the whirlpool is just spinning around because it's got no fundamental, stable ground. It's, it's, it's not in touch. It's awija. It's out of touch with ground reality. It's continually creating realities. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you contemplate, you know, you, uh, you know your realities that are created are always flavoured with craving, uncertainty. Uh, projections, distaste for her, comparisons with him, worrying about what he thinks about me, concern about myself, what will I become? They're always unsatisfied, these currents, these vortexes. And and the ignorant actually keeps saying, go faster, you'll get get there. problem is you're not going fast enough or you haven't hit the right button yet so the vortex spins and spins and spins and spins and spins to I become the vortex I become that pattern that's me churning my stuff and in that yeah my past what people think of me what I think of other people what I think they think going on constant creation these are called asawa, asawa, flows, outflows, fluxes, currents, vortexes. Mm. Yeah. Sense vortex, sensuality. I could just get the right taste, the right flavour, the right temperature, the right touch, the right sight. Just a little bit, mm. a little bit more. Mm. Craving for that. And if it's not going right, extreme discontent, agitation. So even when, you know, when it's a winner, it's still not satisfied. And sooner or later it becomes something extremely unsatisfied. And you're stuck in that vortex. And these are very, these are very fundamental. They're reflexes, they're not something you decide to do, they happen. 
because of being out of contact, out of touch. It's like there's no ground, no stable place. Nothing supports, so I have to do it. I have to make it happen. I have to hold myself together. If I worked hard enough, I would become what I want to be and what is okay. All that pressure, 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 because the ground of release has not been touched. This is not just a psychological defect. This is fundamental wiring, you know, where the body and the mind wind each other up. And you can see it becomes very apparent when we get in touch with some of this stuff. You feel how agitated you can feel in your body when your mind starts stirring you up. How sunk you can feel when your mind starts crushing you. you know, how restless you can feel. And how sometimes you just stop feeling altogether because it's just too much. The body just switches off. People just zone out, go out to their heads, into thoughts. Yeah. Lose it altogether. Yeah. And so these are very powerful currents. And, uh, yeah. If we translate the complexities of our thoughts into simplicity of the emotional drives and you feel the emotional drives in your body and you cultivate in your body you can come out of it. Yeah, the Buddha said this is pretty fundamental. They do not touch the deathless if you do not have mindfulness immersed in the body. The deathless is lost for those who do not have mindfulness immersed in the body. Kaya gata. Kaya, body, gata, gone. Sati, mindfulness. Mindfulness has gone right into the body. So this isn't like contemplating body from the outside, you know. This is this, she's this, he's that. This is a bone, this is a, this is a leg. This is actually going right into the body's experience of itself when it gets agitated, when it gets pressurized, when it begins to numb out, when we lose it altogether. Just panic attack and you're just out there in numbers and ideas and hardly there. Some guess that kind of <laughs> hold you down a bit, you know. It always comes back to that. Why Buddha said the mindfulness, deathless is lost on those who do not have mindfulness immersed in the body, because this is where you get the sense of really feeling the release from these powerful reflexes and the currents and the drives that they produce. 
We have to keep taking the vaccine. <laughs> yeah. Until you, you know, until you really get the feeling for release and what is released and how is that lost? Naturally, everyone who's cultivating comes in with some sense of, you know, wanting self-improvement. Understandable, that's where we're coming from. Get my life together, get my head together, trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be, you know, very much that, that's the idea. Yeah. And... Uh, mm. Still based, essentially, this is called the mundane entry. It gives a sense of a person who is going to sort themselves out. And this is where you start. And but meditation is the place where that model begins to dissolve. cultivating mindfulness of body then you begin to recognize the more there's somebody there doing it meditating focusing on this, that and the other the stronger that is the less release there is there's a kind of calming effect but there isn't a release because I'm still doing it I'm holding it together and the idea that perhaps there could be an experience which you don't have to hold <laughs> is not understood or recognized. Most people hold themselves together as best they can all day. You know, and sometimes even in the night grinding their teeth together. You know, can't, can't even sleep because they're still holding themselves together because it becomes a habit. And what does it feel like? You know, generally it feels like I'm inside this bag of skin. You know, I'm definitely inside it and I'm holding it. I can't drop it. There's a certain edginess to that. And if some powerful feeling comes up, then I, I can to just steady that, check that, turn it away, you know, Push it down, deflect it, hold it together. Yeah. And you know, that's already a stress, isn't it? But the uh, aim of meditation. is to deepen into an experience where it holds you. Your body sits and the sense of holding it together begins to release.
You don't have to be something. You don't have to be nothing. You don't have to have a future. You don't have to have an idea. You don't have to be something figured out. You don't have to progress. You don't have to feel one way or another. And it sounds like chaos, but actually to, to, to access that realization yeah, requires quite a lot of tuning in to how the body is, the whole body as an intelligent system, which I don't do. Most of what the body's doing, I have no say over. It just happens. It breathes. It moves. I can tell it to move, but it does the moving. It does the balancing. Yeah. It increases its heart rate when it, when it needs to. It slows down its heart rate when it wants to go to sleep. It picks itself up in the morning. Does the waking up bit? It does the digesting bit. It also does the tensing up when it feels when there's fear, nervousness. It does the opening up when there's an absence of that. All these are just reflexes of body intelligence operating. And what we cultivate, you know, is establishing an environment whereby these signals that make us apprehensive, compulsive can be turned off. So this is your kind of basic ground. The Buddha says you go to an empty place, root of a tree, hold the body up. So your body is is not, it's awake, a wakeful body. It's, It's open, it's awake. Empty place means nobody's bothering me, nobody's looking at me, I feel safe, under a tree, shaded, comfortable, that's your, that's your environment. It's not, it's not just a, a kind of bit of decoration. Now you might very well say, well, yeah, but I don't have a tree. You know, I'm living in a flat in Wembley. <laughs> so you have to get the theme. Yeah. Like, bring to mind, right now, nobody's bothering me. I was attacking me, nothing I have to do. Really keep resolving that. You've got to get your environment clean, first of all. Now, your thinking mind can always bring in the things you should do, things you've got to do, what other people have said to you, what they will say to you. But you say, well, just right now, I don't have to do that. But I should think about what people... Now, this is the time when you just take a break from that special time because it's a precious gift to pick up and it is a gift when you're not revving up fixing the world fixing yourself defending yourself proving yourself making something out of yourself and you stop that and tune into what's given in the present since there's awareness That's obvious. There's a sense of presence, presence, which here, I don't know what it is, but it definitely is a sense of presence. And that's embodied. It's not an idea. It's a certain 
fundamental contact, presence, stable. And you touch into that and recognize everybody when it sits has ground underneath it. Doesn't have to create it. Very simple fact. What's it like to really get the feeling of that? Your presence is no longer has to be negotiated with this or that or this or that. It's just it's just there. It sits on the ground. It's there. It's you know, and it's a kind of it's whole. It's holding. It's not held by a person. It's holding itself. Body holds itself. Presence holds itself. It is. <laughs> it's autonomous. And there, with that, you get the feeling of oh. Then all that agitation of what I should or could be or how I've got to make it work, that can keep referring that to, to presence. How much of that is really needed at this time? Uh, and it's, then this is where we begin to challenge, you see, because we believe in time. That's called becoming, that's one of the reflexes that creates a sense of a future which could be full of huge amount of details and a past which is full of huge amount of detail but wait a minute, where is that? It's just creation, isn't it? And if that we don't get interested in it fascinated by it, disgusted by it no passion for that realm of time the time dissolves. So when there's no time, there's nothing you have to become because there isn't any becoming. <laughs> now, I mean, in your mind there is because you, you shift to that, which is takes infinitesimal twitch and you're into time again. Hmm? We're just what is that medium with all those images and noises and powerful feelings and emotions? It's a flood, isn't it? It's a vortex. It just spins on. Does it end? Spins on. It's kind of like the M25 on a <laughs> just goes round and round and round. Nobody ever gets off it. Except you just don't get on it. Do you need to get on it now? And it's just how much you start to challenge the anxieties, the feeling of insecurity, the compulsiveness to make something happen. It's just, okay, all that. What helps? Feeling your presence and then something else is there. A sense of space. That's right. There isn't any pressure apart from what I create through my passion and fascination and 
anxiety and emotional engagement with fantasy, with imagination, with memory, with descriptions, very subjective descriptions about what I see other people as, what I think myself as being. If I get fascinated with that, search for meaning in that, search for conclusions in that, then I'm out there. What about dropping it? And space. Oh. Kind of strange. What else is there? Breathing in, breathing out. Simple rhythmic flow of life moving through you. You don't decide to do it. It just happens. It's a gift. It's warming, suffusing, steady, reliable, involuntary, happens. And it's got a comforting quality to it. Because it's got this soothing rhythm to it. You don't have to measure it. You don't have to be good at it. So all those kinds of uh, believable self-programs can be switched off because they kind of mess up the process. Uh, You know, and these are huge shift in such a simple, innocent, very simple model. Yeah. They, you know, just taking a break from the person who has to hold their life together <laughs> into the person who receives ground, presence, life, flow, sensitivity. and being able to then really come to terms with how many of these mental programs, these mental, emotional, psychological programs, how many of them are valid? How many do you want to keep going? How many beliefs about yourself do you really find useful? Perhaps none of them. (laughs) Do you need to have a self-image? Perhaps none of them are useful. So don't, you know, you've got some choice in what you, because those you, you can, you know, those are created. And there's a possibility when you find the thing you didn't create, the given, and you can rest in that, you've got some autonomy to determine not to pick that one up. Or if you do pick it up, just learn how to put it down. Return to presence is comfortable. When the Buddha said, This is comfortable, this is pleasant, I teach pleasure. Uh, This is a pleasure that's skillful, it's a pleasure that you need because it's a quality of pleasure that, that isn't about sense contact, it's about your fundamental nervous intelligence coming out of being fried. (laughs) 
coming out of being compressed, come out of being jangled. And these are not just metaphors, <laughs> it's a recognizable fact. You know, if anything's a fact that high stress damages the organs and nervous system, the nervous system begins to lose some of its fine um, sensors and people numb out, become increasingly insensitive. And then, of course, imbalanced. And then metabolism gets affected. Can't sleep. Got to take pills to sleep. Got to take medication because everything's gone out of whack. So this is healing and restoring and nourishing a gift. Buddha said you should take interest in your own, in this kind of pleasure you should take interest in because it gives you a place where your awareness can begin to know the real in touch with it and discern these asava, these outflows for what they are and begin to get a sense of how to return from the vortex onto dry land. Mm. And it's a very a beautiful, rich place because from this, when the system is balanced, then the warmth of the energies that flow through it, this is where these qualities of love is enjoyment of presence. Presence enjoying itself. <laughs> and it's a warm, humorous, loving quality. These are natural features of particularly of uh, awakened beings. You see a lot of it. They're, not, they're cheerful. They're humorous. They're playful. There's a certain radiance to it. What's that about? <laughs> yeah. Because it's the nature of the system when it comes into balance. It's natural natural radiance. And this is something one should also bear in mind. It's, uh, you know, the most fundamental healing is enjoyment. <laughs> because then you go, oh, and you enjoy because you're not worried. You're not Desperately trying to get a result, you just think, what, what, what is it that doesn't need a result? You know, this I've got to get to that. This I'm halfway through. I've got to get to that point. She's in this state. I need to get to that state. What doesn't need to be improved? <laughs> oh, this enjoy. Yeah. This is the, you know, the Buddhist Buddhist therapy, <laughs> and patching up your immune system because when you have that kind of enjoyment, you don't really want that, and this doesn't really matter too much, and blame. It's not pleasant, but it's okay. You know, I don't need to get wired up about that. You've got a safe place to go to. 
when the worldly winds come crashing through. Yeah. So now we're coming into winter time. In winter time, nature is telling us it's time to return to the roots. Nature is telling us it's time to go quiet. Nature is telling us it's time to regenerate. Yeah. And so this is how you regenerate. You go back to the roots. You regenerate. You restore. You nourish so that you can blossom yeah, when life asks you to. So this is your jab for the night. <laughs> and you might need to lie down and recover from it. So I'll uh, conclude now. <laughs>